But let me say this for sure. It was it was very exhausting because it, it was just kind of like, wow, like I'm exhausted, but mm-hmm. I knew that I was hungry. Right. Like I knew at the end of the day, like, okay, you know what? I'm tired, but I got to get it done mm-hmm. because this is one step closer right. to my dream. This right. is one step closer to what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. So just always staying consistent. Yep. Self-discipline. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life un. Censored. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Show. Uh, we have a phenomenal guest on today. I feel like we had a podcast before the podcast. Uh, so excited to have her on. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about her. Uh, Shanika is a licensed therapist and CEO of Innovative Lifestyle Network, LLC, and the creator of the Millennial Therapy brand. She maintains her private practice here in Charlotte and specializes in helping millennials cope with the real stressors of balancing career, relationships, family, demands, and life transitions. Innovative Lifestyle Network is committed to ending the stigma associated with mental health in the black community and offers counseling, coaching, and educational courses for children, adolescents, and adults. So with no further ado, welcome Shanika to the show. How are you? I am well. I'm good. I'm definitely um, feeling good to be here. Awesome. I'm feeling good to be here as well. I'm in her office, guys. I'm telling you, it's like I instantly got relaxed when I came in. <laughs> it's such a vibe, so I'm glad to be here. Yes, I get that a lot, but I'm glad that it's comfortable. All right, so, sure. so I know I gave the formal bio, but just is there anything else that you kind of want to share with our listeners, just kind of who you are and what you're all about, or did we kind of sum it up pretty good? Yeah, um, so you definitely said a, a good chunk of it for sure. Um, my background actually is in school counseling, which okay. most people do not know um I was a school counselor full-time before transitioning um and opening up my private practice so I actually spent six years in the school system at the elementary level okay for sure with the little (laughs) ones um and and they were a pleasure to work with but it was definitely an eye-opener in terms of the need for children especially um low-income families Mm -hmm. is what I worked with primarily okay and the need for them in terms of mental health okay. um, is what sort of sparked me to actually move over to the clinical side. Gotcha. So, um, gotcha. That's a little bit, a little tidbit that most people don't know about. Okay. Me. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't realize that you uh, started out working with the, the younger demographic. Okay. So that's definitely good to know. Um, so I feel like a lot of people would argue that like mental health is kind of on the rise, right? Like, I, and I don't know if it's because it, we just have a heightened awareness of it or mm-hmm. if there's more things that's just causing it to be more prevalent. But what's your take on that thought process about like just, I guess, where we are in a country, with our country or the world in general as it relates to mental health? Um, I really like the fact that the stigma is slowly fading. Of okay. course, I think um, back then, a long time ago, there was a stigma associated that if you were to see a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, someone thought that you either were extremely unstable or you were crazy, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, which I, I always shy away from that term <laughs> as a therapist. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm loving to see the shift in mm-hmm. our profession. And I think it has a lot to do with 
the events that are taking place in the world now um, that is showing that people actually do need the service, mm-hmm. some of the things that we're seeing. But I think social media hmm. plays a huge part um, in shedding light on a lot of things and even the transparency between celebrities. Mm. And you're seeing that they're dealing with their right. own you know, right. mental health. And it's just interesting to see that they are opening up more and saying, hey, you know, I talked to somebody as well. So I think yep. that was sort of kind of like the barrier that broke for everyone else to be like, oh, well, yeah. if Jay-Z has a therapist, right? I need, you know, why would I not have Shout one? out to Jay-Z, my favorite rapper of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. And you literally took the words right out of my mouth because my next question was going to be, what role do you feel like social media plays in that, right? But so it sounds like you said maybe just the level of transparency, like there's never been a time in our generation where you just have that access, right? To like where right. you can, I mean, they might not respond, but you technically mm-hmm. could DM or a celebrity or, you know, whatever, if they had their DMs open. Um, so like that makes a lot of sense. And I was just was curious. So you kind of are thinking the way I'm thinking that social media plays uh, a really big factor in it. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, thinking of mental health, you know, I also feel like it's, it's a lot about like with self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Like just being in tune with yourself. I actually heard this quote one time and it said, the root of all disease is Mm -hmm. being disconnected from oneself, right? Mm -hmm. And not being in tune to yourself. So my question for you as a therapist, what are some common triggers or just things that you've seen um, that kind of just spark or impact people's mental health challenges? A lot has to do with their upbringing and the traumatic events that they experienced during okay. their childhood gotcha. that's like your first that is the most crucial time in someone's life mm-hmm. that actually ends up shaping them into whomever they are as yeah. an adult then when okay. you become an adult of course it's just your experiences that you right. have with people um but i think that offsets it mm-hmm. um just what you've actually been exposed to and how that affected you mm. It makes sense. And if that actually went unmanaged, mm-hmm. like if you did have something that occurred in your life that was extremely traumatic and you never went and sought help for it, mm. it will resurface. For sure. And I think sometimes as it goes along, we either, you know, try to suppress it, of course. Um, but in some ways or some form, it will show back up again. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think what the challenge might be for some people is, and we, we hear that word a lot now, trauma, right? And mm-hmm. I think because of the level of access that we have with like these social channels, like it's almost easy to become desensitized, right? Like it's not normal to see somebody get killed or shot, you know, down in the middle of the street or Mm -hmm. all this footage that we're exposed to. Um, But I also don't think people truly connect the dots on like what classifies as trauma. So can you like kind of unpack that a little bit? Like what is something like just any tangible example or experience that someone could say that you could say, Hey, look, this technically could classify as, trauma right what most people actually do not realize is poverty is trauma mm. and we don't realize it sometimes because you know you grow up in let's say in the project yeah so to speak and yeah. you're used to what goes on in the projects maybe mm-hmm. you're used to um you have a group of people down the street so you already know what that side of the street looks mm-hmm. like or you're used to things shootings you're used to you know people on the corner and that's just sort of what they did and Mm -hmm. i think poverty is the most trauma or the most traumatic event that typically does not have a diagnosis wow that's huge that is if we stop the podcast right there (laughs) 
<laughs> y'all got enough va- because that's so real, it is. right? And we and people get so used to just normalizing Absolutely. poverty yeah. that, to your point, that's probably why it doesn't register as mm-hmm. uh, a tr- as trauma, right? It that doesn't. is that is huge. And coming from a th- like I've always had my suspicions or guesses about that, right? But coming from a, a therapist to kind of solidify that, that's huge. Um, and so, kind of moving to my next point, like that's a perfect segue. So. If, you know, you're in a tough financial time and like this, let's say there's no immediate way out, right? Like mm-hmm. it is your situation. Okay. How would you suggest that a person copes with that so that they can manage their mental health, right? Because sometimes like it might be, it is what it is, especially if you're a kid, right? You're younger and you're still in your parents' household or maybe you're just a young adult and you don't have that job that's going to get you out of the situation. So part of it of stress is stress management, right? So mm-hmm. what would be your advice for someone who maybe they can identify like, oh man, this financial burden is causing me stress, but I can't change it right now, right? So what, what would be kind of your insight or, or, or advice for them? Um, I always level? just like to encourage, especially my clients, because we're all going to be at a point in our lives where mm-hmm. it's a low point. We, we may not, you know, have financial means or right. it may not be the ideal situation that we're in. Um, but in terms of stress, because it's so easy for stress to occur. Mm-hmm. When you're you're in a situation where you feel like your back is against the wall, right? Um, so I just always encourage them to remain positive. Like mm-hmm. I'm so big on replacing the negative thoughts because you have to be so mindful about how you speak to yourself. Because mm. your your mind believes anything you tell it. Yeah. So in that particular moment, it's always about okay, let's kind of shift some of the thoughts that you are having on a daily. Because mm-hmm. we all know. Let's even say college. We were broke. <laughs> even <laughs> right. if we didn't think we were broke, yeah. we all were broke. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, but it came at that point in time where it was kind of like we still had fun. Still like had we fun. still managed right. to be positive. We still managed to go to the calf with right. our friends. Or right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. When you run out of the uh, what, 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 what do we call it? Declining balance. <laughs> something we had where you could. Yeah. Like you might have went crazy the first few weeks, and then it's like, dang, I ran out. Yes, but yeah. those were some of the best times of our lives. So mm-hmm. I just always encourage replacing the negative thoughts with the positive ones. Mm-hmm. Always practicing mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I'm really huge on meditation. Okay. Guys, please get the Calm app. There's an app called Calm. Okay. Um, that has the you know meditation in there. They have music, and it's not even yeah. just for adults; it's for children as okay. well. So if anyone has children out there, it's definitely a good app to use. Um, so that for sure, and then also finding things that are going or activities that are truly going to increase your happiness. Okay. Because if we just if we're just gonna sit alone with our thoughts, mm. our thoughts are going to become gonna win. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I'm so glad that part of your mission is to continue to reduce the stigma, right? Because it's like to your point, going to talk to somebody means there's something wrong with you. No, like mm-hmm. if I go to, um, if I go to the gyms because I'm you know trying to work on my body, right? So if I go to right. the therapist, I'm trying to work on my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this illusion that there doesn't need to be anything extra that you need to do. Um, right. But I heard this quote. I don't know how true it is scientifically, but it sounds good. Okay. And it says, "Your mind." is the only organ that doesn't have its own like disposal or waste system. So everything that you put into it stays there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like I sound, I mean, conceptually that actually makes a lot of sense. Cause I think about songs, you know, you ain't heard in 15 years and it comes on, you know, all the words, like you said, you spit <laughs> yeah. every, every bar from every verse. And so like, whether it's scientifically a hundred percent accurate or not, mm-hmm. like it really makes a lot of sense to me. So it almost seems like we have to be overly proactive with what I like to say, um, talking to myself and not listening to myself. 
right? Ooh, right? Yeah. So I, I like to talk because when you listen to yourself, it's kind of like these thoughts that are just running on autopilot. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Versus telling myself, like, no, like, this is what's actually going on. This is what I'm in control of. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, do you agree with that thought process? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Okay. You, you really have to choose your thoughts carefully. Mm-hmm. You, you do because your mind is so powerful mm-hmm. in how you are talking to yourself. Absolutely. And even certain energies and certain things that you're internalizing mm. matters. And I actually think that's a part of self-care. And most people reference, and don't get me wrong, the bubble baths, the massages, <laughs> you know, all of that good stuff yeah. is needed. Right. But a lot of self-care is not only external. It's mm. internal as well. How are you uh-huh. treating you? Wow. That's huge. That's huge. And so you said something I want to unpack a little bit about mindfulness. And I think you mentioned therapy. I mean, excuse me, you mentioned the app, Calm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So for those who might not know, and I, I've heard a lot about more about mindfulness, but like what is what does mindfulness mean to you? Like what does that mean? To me, honestly, mm-hmm. it is being aware of my current actions and how my actions either affect me and those who are around me. Okay. That is mindfulness. Makes sense. Makes sense. Like just literally being present almost it sounds like i think it's so easy to just operate on autopilot right like Mm -hmm. if you take the same route home you just know how to get there right you don't even think about it right but i'm not probably not going to articulate it exactly but i almost feel like in order to change you have to be mindful right you Mm -hmm. have to be present right because when things are kind of happening on autopilot you're not really those aren't active thoughts right right those are passive thoughts right Mm -hmm. so when you really want to change your situation or change your life, I feel like the core aspect of that is mindfulness, right? Yeah, or presence, right? It truly is. And so you you very definitely articulated that um, in a very good and concise way. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is a little bit about your business, right? So you are a therapist, as I mm-hmm. explained, right? And, you know, tell us like... How how did you even get into this profession? Like, what made you wanna wanna be even be here? Ooh, guys, it has been a long road. Um, let me say this: starting out, mm-hmm. I actually had dealt with my own level of trauma okay. as a child, and I had someone um, that changed my life. Like, literally, I and they weren't even a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I had an adult that was so supportive in my life and they changed a lot of things for me and had Mm. that person not been present i don't know um how my life probably would have turned out Mm -hmm. so i just always felt like that's what that's a part of it that actually sparked me to actually want to do the same for others gotcha because i experienced it and i actually was able to overcome it Mm -hmm. so to be able to actually do the same for others it was sort of kind of like an ongoing goal that i always wanted to obtain yeah it makes perfect sense. Um, and so you said that as a, as a profession, you've been, you were doing, you, you've done it for six years so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been doing it for six years and then we were actually joked about it before we got on the podcast, but I think it was back in June, was it? Yeah. June when you stepped out. I did. Did it full time. Shout out to you. Ooh, so, yes. so let's talk a little bit about like that trans, trans, uh, transition because at the end of the day. Um, I like to, you know, bring a variety of aspects to the show, but, you know, it is somewhat financial as well, right? So let's just talk a little bit about, like, the transition from 9 to 5, or whatever your hours were, because um, you were at a school, so maybe not 9 to 5. It felt um, like it, but it wasn't 9 to 5. Right, the, you know, the traditional framework to, 
you know, to getting here, right? Like, what did that transition look like? What were some of the things you had to prepare for um, financially, mentally, right, just to make this transition? Let me say it was not an easy transition um, Mm -hmm. because essentially you are taking a risk. You're Mm -hmm. starting something, you know, the minute that you decide to write down a goal and actually achieve it. Right. It's like, okay, you know, I'm going to set out to do this and... So I knew for a while that I definitely wanted to, and I pondered about opening up my private practice. Like Mm -hmm. I had a sticky on my desk. I tell people, (laughs) they used to always joke at me. They're like, are you, what are you going to call that lady? It was a lady that I was supposed to call that was going to supervise me to get my license because I had to get my license, of course, Mm -hmm. to practice. Gotcha. Um, And I let her sticky, I put on a sticky and her name and number was on there and I let it sit there for months. (laughs) And I kept seeing it. And of course you had those days when you like, oh, you know, like yeah. my supervisor is Got really motivating me to call yeah. this lady right now. Um, but needless to say, one day I did. And mm-hmm. it was the best decision I could have ever made. So from that point moving forward, when I started to transition, like initially, mm-hmm. um, some people know this, but I invested $10,000 in my business. Wow. And that's not a little bit of money, right, you for know. Sure. And I didn't take out a loan. So mm. I literally saved every dime I could have possibly had. So mm. my life completely shut down for a while. Like it yeah. was like, I can't go out with friends. I can't mm-hmm. eat out and do certain things. Mm-hmm. I can't like, I had to completely downgrade my entire lifestyle mm. for two years to get to this point. And I think people always see the end result mm-hmm. and they don't see like, the Oh, what you sacrificed. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, so on the financial end, yeah, that was that. It was like, Whoa, like, okay. Um, yeah. I had to really shut it down and mm-hmm. really focus on my business. Like right. I feel like I, I ate, slept, and breathed <laughs> my business um, up into this point. So financially, that was that part. Mentally, whew, I had to go through a mindset shift myself mm-hmm. from employee to entrepreneur. Mm. And that was different for yeah. me because here I am. I don't know anything about what the entrepreneurial world looks mm-hmm. like. But I had to kind of go ahead and take the leap. Um, So I had to really realize that I couldn't call the friends that I normally could call because they Mm -hmm. don't know anything about my world now. So I had to have a mentor. I had to start connecting with people that were already in the places I I was trying to go. Mm -hmm. Or they knew someone that could connect me to someone. So it got to that point where to a certain degree... I had to realize that I was no longer who I used to be. Wow. And you had you, to realize who you Absolutely. That's, that's huge. And when they say every new level demands a different you. Yeah. That is real. Yeah. Like that is, that is real. Yeah. Now that's, that's so huge. And I'm, uh, I really appreciate you for breaking that down because a couple of things stuck out to me, right? Time, right? You said two years, right? We're in this social media era where everybody wants to be, a boss overnight. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then you, and money, right? Like you took hard earned money that you had to invest in your business, right? Um, because the other thing I really like about your business is, and again, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm, you know, if you have whatever your business is, it's great. You know, if somebody has, you know, uh, they're, they're selling lotions, potions or whatever, or like, what, I'm, like I'm cool with that. That's your thing. But like mm-hmm. you have like a legitimate, like we're in our office right now. I'm looking at the art on, art on the wall. I'm sitting in the comfortable shit. Like, this is a legitimate business, right? And so I know from, you know, hands-on experience that it takes a lot um, to get here. And I, I just thank you for sharing that because a lot of people just, you know, you would, you would be led to believe through the internet that 
you know, you can yeah. buy a, a $200 course and, you know, you can be a millionaire overnight. Literally. And that's just not how it is. This podcast episode is sponsored by Kitsch. So let me tell you guys about Kitsch. I've been using the service for um, almost a year now. I started back in November of last year and it has completely changed my life, completely changed my relationship with food. So it's a plant-based meal delivery service. So that means they cook the food and they deliver it to you. All you have to do is eat it. They also deliver the food in biodegradable containers so that all you have to do is heat it up for a few minutes and then you can recycle the containers. You don't have to worry about doing any dishes. This service, I mean, literally does all the work for you. So guys, if you ever thought about going plant-based, if you've ever considered it, didn't know where to start, then Kitsch is for you. I actually have been able to lose over 21 pounds that I didn't even know I had to lose um, since uh, using Kitsch as a part of my regular routine, coupled with obviously a healthy lifestyle and working out consistently and things of that nature. So um, for all of my listeners, they have given you guys a 15% off promo code and you can use that promo code every single week. It's not a one-time code. So take advantage of it. The code is uncensored. Again, the code is uncensored the same way the show is spelled and you'll also find it in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in and check out Kitsch. One of the other things I want to touch on is I know that, you know, you were building your business incrementally alongside of, you know, your job, right? Mm -hmm. And so talk to us, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but talk to us a little bit about just like the the grit and the process of having a full-time job, right? And then still building this thing on the side. Because a lot of times people don't do or start a business because they feel like, oh, I can't start a business. I'm working. I got this obligation. I got that obligation. So many excuses. Right? So talk to us <laughs> about how you were able to just handle that, right? And, and make that happen. Ooh, you taking me back to like 14, <laughs> 15 hour day. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me say this. It definitely, I was leaving the house at 530 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting back home to maybe 830, a quarter to nine o'clock at night. That was a typical day for me. Wow. Monday through Friday for close to two years. Wow. Now, mind you, I was still working Saturday, so mm. I didn't have yeah. a weekend. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so let me say this for sure: it was it was very exhausting because it, it was just kind of like wow, like I'm exhausted, but mm. I knew that I was hungry. Right. Like I knew at the end of the day, like okay, you know what? I'm tired, but I got to get it done mm. because this is one step closer right. to my dream. This right. is one step closer to what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. So. Just always staying consistent yep. and self-disciplined. Consistent and self-disciplined. The other thing that you said, I was hung, I was exhausted, but I was hungry. Yeah. Right? And she wasn't talking about food, y'all. She's hungry for her <laughs> dreams, for her yeah. goals. And I think that's so huge because you have to push past, right? And then you being someone in this profession, which is almost taking me to another question, what is almost like the balance of understanding your limits right because there's, I feel like there's you know there's a balance right like obviously you want to you want to push your limits to know what you're capable of right like I have I have this analogy like almost like if, if I have a car right and so the car is capable of going 120 miles per hour right but if I'm always only on streets that go 35 miles per hour I'll start to believe that that's what my capacity is right, right. so like what is the balance of pushing your mental, because really that's where the limits exist, pushing your mental limits while also not overextending yourself to the point where you do have like that 
that mental break. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but that mental mm-hmm. breakdown or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I would definitely say that for me, my mm-hmm. limit was I knew that it it was sort of to the point where I started to feel this level of burnout. Yeah. You know, and when you start to feel that, your body will kind of show it. Um, mm-hmm. You'll even become, like, if you ever realize, like, how you'll go real hard for a long period of time, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden your body, like, your mind shuts down. Yeah. And it's like, who? okay, I can't go no more. Like, yeah. this is it. Like, as you're doing as much as you can do in a day. Right. Um, I had to be mindful of that. Like, it was kind of like, okay, who? I'm starting to feel a bit. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't your, your normal, typical overwhelmness. It right. was a... I can't even read anymore. I can't <laughs> yeah. even talk anymore today. I yeah, can't even. I have nothing left. Like your body will literally tell you when mm-hmm. it's time to take a break, regroup, and right. come back. I think it goes back to that like self-awareness piece and being in tune with you. Yes. Right? To know, okay, and then trusting that, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, like, all right, well, I need to sit down somewhere. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, my, like my grandma used to say, you need to sit down somewhere. <laughs> I mean, really, but the hustle yeah. is great, but you also have to know when to take breaks. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, but it's good to also hear you because now we live in this, you know, maybe it's not politically correct, but this mm-hmm. sometimes people are just soft, too. You know what I mean? So it's like it's also good to say, hey, look, all right, you, you definitely need your rest. You definitely need to recharge. But you can do more than you think you're capable of. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, For sure. Don't short yourself. Do not short yourself. So we talked um a little bit about your your practice. Right. Innovative mm-hmm. Lifestyle Networks. Tell us a little bit about the millennial therapy brand. Like what is what is that and how does that tie into what you do? So when I originally started out, you know, every therapist has a niche, you know, just Mm -hmm. about. If not, you're then you're trying to decide or figure it out. Sure. And one thing my mentor told me, she was like, what is going to be your niche? Mm -hmm. From the day that I told her, like, I'm going to open up. She was like, "Okay, what's going to be your niche? Mm -hmm. And I had to really sit and I had to think because, of course, you I could throw out so many different things. Like, okay, well, I'm going to do depression. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You will find I didn't want to be a generalist. Sure. Because you'll find people that say that they have a cure for everything, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, I really want to narrow it down to one thing that I'm actually passionate about. Mm-hmm. One thing that I can actually speak from an authentic place mm-hmm. in the type of population that needs it the most. Absolutely. I came up with millennials. Got it. Of course, number one, because I am one <laughs> and I know. Shout out to the millennials. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, but I know all the issues that we face during this sure. time. Um, but I also knew that I could come to a, I could come from an authentic place mm-hmm. in terms of being relatable absolutely, and building relationships with millennials. So that is what actually started millennial therapy. Mm-hmm. But then as I started to kind of put it out there on social media mm-hmm. and, you know, let a, <clears throat> a lot of people know that I'm serving millennials, I actually attracted a lot of other therapists who were um, millennials and yeah. it started to become more of a mm-hmm. hey could um could I set up a consulting you know session with you can yeah. I set up a coaching session with you mm-hmm. and they wanted more information from me on like how did you start your private practice yeah. how did you create your how long did you do your side hustle and how did that work for you so mm-hmm. I think that it actually brought two of them together yeah and here we are. Yeah, that's dope because it's almost like you have your practice where you serve your your clients, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you're helping bolster and expand the industry, which is almost further your your impact, right? Because right. if I can help duplicate myself, right, and help, hey, this is how I do it. This is how you can get in the industry. This is how mm-hmm. you can help people. It's almost like that's like your 
your legacy piece, right? Where it's like, hey, I was not only responsible for myself helping, you know, this meeting people through my practice, but also helping other people be able to create their own practice in a way. I like that. That's huge. It kind of reminds me of my, what I'm doing, like with my business, right? So I have my mm-hmm. practice with my clients, but then also I have, you know, two things, right? I have my movement where I'm trying to help, you know, scale the ability for people to invest. Um, mm-hmm. But also I have other advisors. Literally today, some somebody reached out to me today and said, hey, how can I build you know, a business in this space, right? So, and I'm super passionate about just creating as many leaders as possible to help people um, because as you know, like there's a lot of people that need help, right? And you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. So the more, the merrier, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, So for someone who's considering therapy, but like doesn't know where to start, what advice would you give them for like, Finding a therapist, like what, like what does that process look the like? The good thing is, there's so many resources out there now. Um, <clears throat> so, of course, you know you can go to therapyforblackgirls.com for my women, of course. Um, Talk about the brothers. Is that therapy <laughs> brothers, for black women? We're boy? not no, leaving kidding. you guys out. So, for the brothers and the sisters, you mm-hmm. can go to psychologytoday.com, and okay. it'll actually bring up all the therapists that are local. Nice. And what they specialize in, what okay. are, their rates are, what okay. insurances they accept. So, it's so literally, literally no the go-to hub okay. um, for therapists. Psychology Today.com. Okay, and, and I think I saw somewhere, like, you're registered, like, with mm-hmm. those. Okay. Yes, She's I official, know. y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually looking at her wall right now. She got, like, a little Christmas tree of certifications. Uh, so she is legit, right? So if y'all looking for one of your Charlotte, do you work with people virtually? or? I do. Actually, we offer um, teletherapy. Tele- and, a, and, and it's through a HIPAA-compliant okay. um, software, of course, but you can access it from your phone, from a laptop, anything. And my yeah. clients absolutely love it. I just thought, and maybe I'll have to talk about it offline, but I just mm-hmm. thought of a, I feel like a really good idea of how to integrate the best of both worlds of what Ooh. you do and the best of both worlds of what I do. So I'm not going to say it on the okay, show. I hear that. I'm going to okay. say it offline so okay. that we can come back and tell y'all what it yeah. is. Um, awesome. All right. So let's talk about the person who, you know what? I'm not ready for therapy just yet. I mean, I know that it, we're breaking down the stigma, but you know, I just want to be a little more self-aware so that at least I can make some positive strides for my own life and, and kind of be aware of my triggers so I can, mm-hmm. you know, better maintain my mental health. So what advice would you give for that person who says, all right, either I have a therapist or, and I'm in between sessions or I'm not ready for a therapist. What are some things I can do to proactively maintain and manage my mental health? The good thing is there are, um, a lot of well-known, um, therapists online. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this, you know, the social media posts are not substitutes for therapy. Let me put that disclaimer out there. But there are a lot of good therapists mm-hmm. that are online mm-hmm. that put out a lot of good content yep. that is just good for the day-to-day mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that would be beneficial for a person that's kind of trying to get through whatever they're trying to get through. Right. I highly suggest, I even recommend podcasts to a mm-hmm. lot of my clients. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, if you feel like, well, not you know not my current sometimes my current clients but anybody else that's like a potential client yeah, I would just for sure. say hey you know podcasts are good anything that is going to anything that has a topic that you're going through mm-hmm. the good thing about our generation is it's so much at our fingertips so much like there's so much that you can access at mm-hmm. your fingertips and so many people that are putting out content around topics so if you're not ready yet to actually go speak to someone in person Mm -hmm. 
I would say use that. Take yeah. advantage of that because it's out there for a reason. They put it out there for yeah. a reason, you know, for people to be able to connect with valuable information Absolutely. and to help them get through what they're going through. Absolutely. But that's that's phenomenal. Thank you for sharing those resources. Uh, so, you know, where can people find you? Right. So if someone says, you know what? Mm-hmm. After hearing this show, I, I want a session, right? I want to, I want to, you know, learn more about what she does. How how can people find you? Where's the best place to get so connected with you? I'm literally on just about um, the most popular social media outlet, mm-hmm. except for Twitter. I, I'm not on Twitter, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like I'm on it, but I'm not. I'm on it. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm on it, but I'm not on it. You might go and still be disappointed. Be like, right. well, I don't see her put up she that much stuff. Like yeah, Twitter's not my go-to. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, definitely Instagram. My um, IG name is I am S Nicole. Okay. Um, Facebook, definitely I have my personal page on Facebook because I like to still stay connected, but I also have the business page. So okay. Innovative Lifestyle okay. um, Network will be on there. And yeah, that's that's about it. Or you can always just go to my website, of course. So, you know, you can get, go to InnovativeLifestyleNetwork.com and find me or you can give me a call. Give her a call. She's giving y'all all the ways to access. All the ways. Yes, you can definitely call the office. Um, our number is 704-504-7274. If you're hearing this, you need to write it down. And we'll link um, it in the show notes as well. Okay, awesome. So, yeah. yeah, there's so many different ways that they can touch base with me. Awesome. So, so guys, you know, there's no excuse. I mean... Her, her energy is great. I'm telling you, come in. You'll feel better before you even, you know, yes, hit the couch. don't be afraid. Don't no. be afraid. <laughs> so the last question um, I want to I want to ask you is, what does it mean to live uncensored for you? Like, what does that mean to you? To me, living uncensored would equate to living unapologetically. Mm, I love it. So just pretty much being your authentic self and not really having to explain that to anyone. And being able to understand that you being true to you is the greatest gift you could ever give yourself. You being true to you is the greatest. She's giving you all the gems you could possibly digest in one episode. Well, we we thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Um, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So much value. So much uh, beneficial information shared. So, so thankful. And until the next time, guys. Peace. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?